Welcome to Becoming Intuitive. I'm Meg. And I'm Maggie, and we're your guides to breaking the all or nothing mentality. In a world with so many opinions and people telling you what's best for you, we will teach you how to trust yourself, trust your gut, and live intuitively. Every Monday, we will vulnerably share our stories and experiences to leave you with tangible tools to move towards an intuitive lifestyle. We're so happy you're here with us. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Becoming Intuitive Podcast here with Meg and Maggie. We are excited to be back with you this week. If you listened to last week's episode and if you haven't yet, go back and listen to it. But Maggie did a solo episode. And Maggie, I have to say, I really, really, one, loved that episode because it was so short and sweet, but packed with so much value and so many like amazing little nuggets. I remember I listened back to it in the shower this week um, when Maggie did it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like a listener. Like I got the experience of what it's like to feel like one of our listeners and hearing you talk, Maggie, I'm just one, so grateful for who you are, but also so grateful for what you bring to our listeners because that episode was like 20 minutes long, but I remember stopping at 10 minutes in and texting you, right? I think I like sent you a voice message in the shower and I was like, this is so amazing. Like this is so, so good because it's really hard to talk for 20 minutes by yourself. Honestly, thank you. First off, thank you for that. I really appreciate it because it was definitely odd, right? We've done a couple solo episodes, but it's been well over a year since we have done them. And, um, at first I was like, um, so yeah, so there's no one to talk back to me. So I guess I just have to keep going with the point here. But, um, once I kind of got into it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't so bad, but I definitely missed you. I definitely missed you. I was like, I, I like the back and forth. I like the conversation, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was nice to still be able to share, you know, the important message of why we didn't show up in the way that we usually do. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that's such a huge thing that, you know, it was one of those moments where like, this is real time being intuitive. Like this is real time. And so we need to share this. It's us practicing what we preach. Right. And it was our Mm -hmm. moment of wanting to show up and having, you know, our schedule planned out to record the podcast. And last week being like, we are in the space to show up. We need to show up for ourselves and we need to cancel this and make up for it in a different way. And you did. And so I'm very grateful um, that you did that. And I'm very grateful that that episodes exist, that that episode exists, honestly, right. That that episode is now circulating in the world because it's 10 times better than what it would have been if we would have had forced ourselves to record that day. And so what we are talking about today is actually perfect. So if you perfect, (laughs) I'm not just like pumping up our tires. I mean, perfect follow-up to last week's episode. Um, so if you have not yet, I would go back and listen to that episode because Maggie did an amazing job of painting the picture of what it's like and how it feels to feel like you're getting overwhelmed or to feel like you are getting, you know, away from yourself and to feel like you're being bogged down by 20 other things, but the priority of taking care of yourself. And so it's actually a really great one to quick bump back to, and then come back to this episode, because today we are talking all about prevention to burnout, stress, overwhelm, tuning into ourselves and knowing like, you know, what we need to call upon when we need it and things like that. So they're definitely great episodes to listen to simultaneously. So if you're looking for back-to-back ones, go back to last week's and then this one. But I'm really excited to get into this because 
these are conversations that I think a lot of people want to have. And it's something that I don't know if we have enough skills based around this topic yet for people to feel like they can actually combat the feeling of burnout or the feeling of overwhelm or the feeling of stress. And I think it's something that runs rampant in our society and in our culture and the way that we kind of move, you know, at a million miles an hour. Although quick little funny side note, I just moved from New York to Nashville. I am already noticing everyone that us New Yorkers, whether you're upstate or the city, I mean, the city is just another animal, but whatever, just New York, the North in general, we move a lot faster. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I thought, <laughs> I thought that was just like a silly stereotype. Like I never really thought about it, but I've gotten down here and I'm like having conversations with people who like, for example, I was in target and the woman, um, who is working the checkout line, we had like a 20 minute conversation and yeah. And, and it was wonderful. Like it was absolutely wonderful. And all of the people behind us just like moved to the other line. Cause they saw that we were talking in New York. If that happened, someone would be like cursing me the fuck out and like clubbing me with a golf club, like behind my head, if that was happening. So it's just yep, a really interesting thing that when we talk about burnout and stress and overwhelm, I'm always like, it's cause we're moving at a million miles an hour and everything's so, you know, hustle and da da da. And maybe that's just the culture that we were brought up in Maggie in New York. So maybe it's different where you live, but I think as a general collective rule of thumb, I do believe that our Western world moves at a pace that is like, it's, it's intense. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yes, I would definitely agree. I, um, I don't have a lot of personal experience outside of, you know, the Western world, but I did spend one month in Europe for when I worked in corporate America. And let me tell you the difference between working mm. in New York city and working in London was unreal. It was absolutely crazy. And I, it was for the same exact company. Like mm. I, it was, it was crazy. Cause like they, I, I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but you should um, tell it again though. Cause I remember you telling me and it's, it's a good contrast to paint. So please reshare it if you haven't. Yeah. So I was in the office all week. Right. And first of all, on Fridays, they would get everyone in the office lunch. Like you could order whatever you wanted and it was delivered and all this stuff. And like, they made a big deal out of it. And I was like, wow, that's so nice. Um, <laughs> and yeah. then but what happened the next week, so that first week, you know, we all like ordered lunch in, you know, we're just hanging out, whatever. And the next week they're like, all right, Maggie, we're all going to get lunch. Do you want to come with us? And it's like 11 a.m. Okay. And I'm like, uh, okay, sure. I'm like, do I go? Do I not go? Like, this is not a thing that Will we I do. get in trouble? Who's looking <laughs> yeah, at me? Yeah. Like, who's, you know, and like my boss was going too, and all of the, you know, people in my department. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go. Like, I'm not just going to sit here and work, you know? Sure. So, so I go with them and we walk to this like pub restaurant place and we have this big table outside. And everyone's like ordering drinks and hanging out and having lunch and all this stuff. And no one went back to the office. Mm. And I was like, wait a second, what just happened? It's 11 a.m. on Friday. What is going on here? And like, it was totally fine and normal. But like, they also work really hard when they're at work. And then they're totally fine with playing and like having mm. fun and leaving the office and not working until 8 p.m. on a Friday, you know, things like that. And I was like, Whoa, this is, this is quite the concept. No, that's definitely a different, like 
world. And I noticed that, I mean, we both haven't spent a ton of time in Europe, but we have a little bit. And for me too, like, I would be so confused, like what in the world, like why, you know, is this place closed for a few hours and why does it say they're open, but they're not. And I'm even noticing that here, um, in Nashville so far on Sunday, I went to go into a store that said it was open and I, okay. I'm like, not proud of this, but it's like a funny little side note. I wanted to go into the store and I see there's people in there, but the door is locked. So I'm like knocking on the window, like trying to figure it out because it says they're open. And the people in there were like, I realized after I knocked, they were like counting up the money and like closing down. And they definitely heard me knock and they did not turn their heads to see me there. And I felt like such like an asshole New Yorker, like knocking on the window, being like, let me in for, you know, (laughs) fucking lip gloss or whatever I was getting. And they were like, absolutely not. But that's just a little side note of like, it doesn't have to be done in the way that we always thought that it needs to be. And it's a great, you know, opener to this episode of what we're going to speak about and learning how to, you know, gauge where you're at, engage your levels of stress, engage, you know, what you've got to switch up and pivot and how you've got to like change during different seasons. You know, I personally believe that just like with most emotions, especially anxiety and stress and overwhelm and, you know, any of those really heightened emotions that can really make your heart race and your hands sweat and the whole thing. I believe that prevention is key. It is absolutely number one to have preventative measures put in place. So for anxiety, for example, a lot of people feel like stress and anxiety are really like comorbidities, which they are. They are very, very similar for a lot of people. Um, And something that I truly believe is that when we are in a season or in a moment where we're kind of like, okay, everything's okay. That is the time to put those preventative tools in place, right? Those are the moments where I make sure to really cook my dinner slowly and chew my food and I light a candle and I take a bath with, you know, lavender, everything and sea salt. And just, I really, really love on myself preventative tools to help myself from getting too overwhelmed with anxiety, overwhelm, stress, burnout, any of those things, we have to make sure that prevention is key. I also want to do um, a little mini, mini, mini lesson on the difference between stress and burnout. Okay. So the expert in this space, in my opinion, as well as shame is Brene Brown. So if what we're talking about, you're like, oh my gosh, yes. Like this is resonating with me. Please go check out her work. Um, Brene is absolutely the expert in the space of research for overwhelm, stress, shame, burnout. She's just an amazing um, human to exist within our world and to teach us these tools. But something that I want to make very clear is that stress and burnout are different. Okay. So stress is the feelings or emotions of that kind of build up to what burnout could potentially be. So if you think about it as like a sliding scale, burnout is like, you are absolutely tapped out. You have absolutely hit your max. You are just done in whatever facet of your life that means. And then stress is kind of like, you know, you know, like the little sliding scale on Instagram. Like if you move the heart over, you move the fire emoji over, you move the thumbs up over Think about it like that as a sliding scale over to burnout. So stress would be that little emoji moving up to that level to where you've hit your breaking point. And the most important thing to recognize with burnout and stress is that stress is something that we can kind of manage, pivot, do things to like, you know, make it better to avoid the feeling and the experience of burnout. Burnout, the only 
thing that is going to combat burnout is nothingness. And that is from Brene's work as well. When you have hit the point of burnout, you have hit the point where you cannot physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually function anymore, and you need to do absolutely nothing to combat it. You have hit past the breaking point, and it's a very, very um, scary space to get to. A lot of people actually then experience some health issues, you know, that can become, you know, chronically related to that. Vertigo is a huge one. Um, I just know that that is something that it's why we focus so much on prevention is because it's such an awful way to exist in a feeling of burnout that these preventative measures become everything for us. Yeah. I really like that explanation. That's, um, a really good way to view it because I agree. I think that, um, we confuse burnout and stress and, um, we are not quite sure which one comes first and there we're not, therefore we're not quite sure about what to do to prevent ourselves from getting from one to the other. Right. Cause we don't know what's going on. So thank you for that. Um, I like to also like, if you think about it with exercise, right. If you think about burnout, burnout's like injury, right. It's mm. like you pushed yourself way too hard and now you have to stop because mm. you're injured. You can't do it anymore. Right. Where stress, when you are exercising, you are stressing your body. Right. And it's like, Oh my God, I'm tired. Oh my God, this is hard. Wow. This really like feels, I can feel my muscles working really hard, things like that. Right. And you can manage your load, your intensity, your frequency of exercise to not get to that place of getting injured. Right. Mm. And so it's another way that you can look at it. Um, we're talking, you know, more about just like emotional stress today, but it, you know, it can manifest in a very physical way too in your body. Um, like you said, with, you know, illnesses and vertigo and all that type of stuff. So it's really important that we build up this, the skills and the tools to be able to be aware and in tune with ourselves of where we are on that scale, right? What's going on? How am I feeling? How is what I'm doing right now impacting the way that I feel overall? And if I continue on the path that I'm on right now, am I going to get to burnout or am I good? right? Like, is this good for the season of life right now? Do I need to slow down? Do I need to speed up? Am I not doing enough? Right. And so we want to talk about today, all those ways that we can become in tune with ourselves and the, the signs that our body is giving us to know, you know, if we're good, if we're pushing it too hard, if we need to speed up, things like that. And then also we want to talk about, like you just said, um, we want to talk about those preventative measures that we put in place when things are good, right? Because I feel like another thing we confuse is our tools. And we think that some tools that are for prevention can be used in crisis. And that's Mm. not the way that it works, right? We can't, like you said, you know, your lavender bath, well, that's not going to work if you're having a panic attack or you have adrenal fatigue, right? Like you, you were way past that now, you know? And so I think that's where we get tripped up is because one of my soccer players said that she's having um, some back issues and she was having them since the spring and then into the summer. And uh, my co-coach was like, you wouldn't be having this if you did your stretches all summer. She's like, yeah, but my back didn't hurt in the summer. And it's like, that's exactly the point, right? When it doesn't hurt is when you need to do it to prevent yourself from getting to that injured place again. So the same thing happens with these emotional tools too. Mm-hmm. I am so, there's so many like little gems that you just had in there. So I'm having a hard time like unpacking each one, but 
one of the first ones that I want to note is that I'm so happy that you brought the physical aspect into the conversation because we, a lot of times just focus on stress and burnout as a mental health, um, condition. And a lot of times it is right. It's a great, it's a, it's a huge part of our mental health, but it is absolutely also physical. And I'm so happy that you bring that. And I'm just going to say this really quick. We have a lot of new listeners here. So welcome. We're so happy you're here with us. Um, and when we started this podcast almost two two years ago, we started with the mission of the world's physical and mental health, because I have my background and schooling and everything that I, you know, the world I come from is all things, mental health. And the world that Maggie comes from is all things, exercise, physiology, and the physical body and learning about performance and just everything in that way. So it's kind of a little nod to our old stomping grounds when we used to just focus on mental and physical health together. And we have evolved into, you know, this concept of an intuitive lifestyle in general, which is really the ability to get in tune, like you just said, Maggie, with yourself. And that includes the mind-body connection, okay? And I don't think this was always, you know, we have, this dates back to like ancient times, this theory of our mind-body connection, but I don't think we give it the um, weight that it really truly needs, okay? So our bodies and our minds are so connected, but the problem is that we get so disconnected from ourselves and our bodies through conditioning that it makes it very difficult to tune back in with ourselves. Because I remember specifically, um, when I was really in the midst of struggling the most with my eating disorder and disordered eating patterns, I remember feeling like my body and my mind were completely separate entities and they were at war with each other. And if someone would have said to me like the mind body connection and tuning in, I would be like, I have no idea. I'm completely shut off my body from the neck down. Like literally that's how I felt. Um, and it was very real for the season of my life that I was in. So if any of you are in that season right now, we hold a ton of space for you because it's very difficult to live your life not feeling connected to one, your truest self and your intuition and this intuitive way of living, but also to be disconnected from your mind and body. It's a terrible space to exist in. And the good thing is, is that there's hope that you can change that because we did. And so there's no reason why you won't be able to as well. And our podcast will be a portion of that journey for you. And so anyways, we're happy that you were here with us for this. And what I really want to get into now is one Maggie, how we are able to tune in to the different signs or, you know, things that are manifesting within our body and our mind to kind of like, you know, gauge where we're at. So I want to start, if we're going with the sliding scale visual, if you think that's a good visual to go with, um, if we think about it as a sliding scale, let's pretend that one end of the scale is, you know, um, preventative measures, right? So this is not all or nothing. We're talking about a sliding scale here, everybody. This is preventative measures on one end, burnout on the other. And in between is kind of like the normal everyday, but as you get closer to burnout, it's a little more stressful. Like just think about it as like a fluid existence. Cause that's what our life is. We're not oftentimes in this, like I'm totally stress-free and I'm amazing and everything's wonderful. And We're also not usually in a place where we're like, I literally cannot physically, mentally, or spiritually, or emotionally exist right now because I'm so burnt out. We don't operate from those places, right? And if we do, welcome to the right place because we break that all or nothing mentality and find an intuitive place. But we oftentimes operate from this sliding scale. And so I really kind of want to talk about Maggie, the beginning, more of like the preventative measures to be able to combat some of the 
I would say some of the more intense feelings of stress than like the everyday little stresses, right? So what are some things that you use in your life that are some of your tried and true preventative measures that you know work for you and your lifestyle to prevent, um, you know, or not prevent, we can't prevent it, but to lessen the amount of stress that is present in your life. The biggest one that's coming to mind and the reason why it's at the forefront of my mind is because I need to be more disciplined with it and do it more and implement it more into my Mm -hmm. prevention routine is meditation. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so meditation before you roll your eyes and turn the podcast off. Okay. (laughs) Meditation is not the practice of clearing your mind of everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's not what it is. And I used to think that that's what it was too. And I used to sit there and be like, this is impossible. I don't know how you do this. This is not for me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is stupid. How do I clear my mind of everything? That's not what it is. Okay. And I'm not the expert. If you want to go learn from someone who is, I would highly recommend going and checking out Corey Mascara's work. He Mm -hmm. has been the person who has taught me more than I have learned from anyone else. Um, just the way he explains it. If you like our podcast, you'll like the way that he explains it because we're very similar in the way that we teach. But, um, anyway, mindfulness and meditation, the way that I understand it now is the practice of being aware and viewing what is going on in your brain. It's not emptying your brain. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it's being aware of what's going on in there. Right. Cause a lot of times what happens is we have thoughts and they're just happening, right? We're not even aware of what they are. They're just happening. Right. So what meditation does is it helps you become aware of those thoughts. And then when you become aware of them, then you have the power to change them. Right. But it's really difficult to change the thoughts that are going on in your mind when you're not aware of them at all. Right. If they're just happening behind the scenes and running the show and you don't even know it, how can you change it? Right. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that is the biggest thing that helps me when it comes to preventative measures for stress and overwhelm and anxiety and eventually that stage of burnout. Because if I do not have the awareness of what's going on in my brain, it can spiral into all of those things so quickly, right? And so when I take time, even if it's just one to five minutes to practice building that awareness, it Mm -hmm. exponentially impacts my ability to be aware of the stressful thoughts that are going on. Mm -hmm. And I think one of our, if you're like Maggie, yes, like that is you know, something that I definitely need. I agree with you, Maggie. I think that even for me, when I'm like, oh, I'm going to do a meditation, like it doesn't sound warm and exciting to me. (laughs) Like it just feels like another task on my to-do list of like, oh, let me like try and sit. I found my own kind of like, I don't know, mechanized way of meditating. And that is oftentimes just a moment or a few moments of sipping my coffee outside in nature and just doing nothing but that, just focusing on the warmth of my cup and focusing on, it used to be the birds chirping outside. Now it's the sirens and, you know, I'm right in the city now. So it's a little different for me now, but just focusing on, you know, the air that's in front of me and just little things like that. I've learned that that has really 
helped me to stay a little more consistent with finding more mindful moments in my day without making it such a formal, let me lock myself in the closet for 10 minutes and breathe, you know, with swear breathing technique. Um, so I found that to be more approachable. So never underestimate just the power of taking a few moments. Even before we recorded this podcast today, we have, um, so every Tuesday we do a block of a three hour session for planning and then recording. And today it was an intense planning session. Like we had a lot to go over. We have, our team is expanding, which is so exciting. Like we are just, you know, really we're cooking with gas. Okay. Things are happening and it's so cool. And so it was really intense though. We had a lot of things going on. And before we got over record, Maggie was like, wait, I just need a minute to breathe. And I was like, me too. Like me too. So we took like, I don't know, maybe five deep breaths and it changed the entire trajectory of how I was able to show up and record five deep breaths, five deep breaths. You know what, Maggie, I'm going to do something spontaneous again. If you're not driving, close your eyes. Let's take five deep breaths together. I know that's weird, but I know it's going to help you. Are we ready? Okay. Ready, Maggie. Mm-hmm. Don't even follow a script, just five deep breaths, whatever feels good. What always helps me is sometimes, you know, square breathing is amazing. And so is triangle breathing. If you want to look that up, just do a quick little YouTube video. It'll teach you in five seconds. Um, But I just like to focus on my exhale being longer than my inhale. I try not to worry too much about counting and seconds. And I just try and make sure that my exhale is longer. But, you know, just that simple thing of during the podcast, if you, you know, did that with us quick, you immediately feel a little difference in your life. And it's those simple things that can truly transform our lives and make things feel preventative. Another layer that we wanted to bring into this episode, it's kind of the perfect transition into it was I was talking to Maggie about how, you know, when you are living your life and, you know, trying to make things as fun and as cool and as joyful as they can be, I have really found with my life that I have to make the little freaking things of my day feel like the most exciting things that have ever existed. I have noticed a tremendous difference in my mental health when I focus on those things. So a silly example is I've had this basket, like this little basket, just kind of like sitting around and I never did anything with it. And, um, I saw that an influencer on social media was putting mums in baskets this year. And I was like, that looks so cool. It's just such a cute little touch. And, I went and got a, you know, $10 mum yesterday and put it in this old basket that I've had for years. And that little $10 purchase of seeing my beautiful mum in a basket, I was like, I die for this mum in a basket. Like it, it just brought me so much joy and it brought me so much joy because I made it bring me joy. I made that I made the experience of going and picking out this little mom and looking through all the colors and taking in all the, you know, scenery and putting it with the basket and putting it in a cute little place. Like I made that a whole little event. Okay. Getting this mom and it's so small, but it's so powerful in our lives. We have to, you know, if that doesn't bring you joy yet, I do believe that that's an area of life that we can act as if until it does. 
act as mm. if your morning coffee is heavenly and divine and step up your coffee game slowly start by buying little things you know slowly to make it the best cup of coffee ever but we have to find those moments because i believe that they really are a powerful measure to combating the everyday stresses of our lives because if we focus on the everyday stresses of our lives, i.e., you know, the mail got lost, which happened to me the other day. My whole bedding like frame was totally missing from the mailroom. Like no one could find it. That's an everyday kind of stress, right? It's totally missing. The stress of spilling the coffee all over your shirt before you get out of the house or the everyday stress of, you know, the dog, like, you know, running loose for a second and you got to go get them or the everyday stress of your kids not putting their shoes on because they're just in a mood where shoes are bothering them today. You know, like those are the everyday stresses that are going to come up. And one of the best ways to combat that stress is to, in the same breath of your kids not putting on their shoes because they just decide they want to be shoeless now, making your coffee the most exciting little moment. What a beautiful little counteractive thing to help with those everyday stresses. I just wrote an article that goes along with this that I didn't even think about until just now, but Last weekend, Kaz and I went to a uh, National Women's Soccer League game. And so it was a professional women's soccer game. And we were sitting pretty close to the field. There aren't a lot of people that go to these games, unfortunately, but it made our seats pretty great, you know. But we were sitting behind the opposing team's bench. So Portland's bench, right? We were at a New York game and um, we were sitting behind the opposing team's bench. And when I bought the tickets, I didn't think about the fact that like, there'd probably be people supporting the other team sitting there, right? Like just like simple thing like that. Cause I was like, Oh, like everyone's going to be there to have a great time. Right. And, um, the people behind us, it wasn't that they were cheering for the other team. That was the problem. The problem was that they weren't cheering at all. Okay. Every single thing that came out of their mouth was negative literally every single thing. They were talking poorly about the players, about the coaching decisions, about, oh, how could you make this pass and not that pass? And that was a terrible tackle and all this and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what is happening right now? I just had this realization. I was like, these people are sitting directly behind us. We are essentially sitting in the same exact place in the stadium right? Like us and them. We're literally in the same spot. They're maybe two mm-hmm. feet behind us. We're having a completely different experience of this game. Mm-hmm. Completely different. They are experiencing this game through the lens of everything that is going wrong. Everything mm-hmm. that is not good enough. Everything mm-hmm. that is stressful and annoying. And Kaz and I are sitting there and I'm not saying this to say that we are perfect, but there was a huge contrast, right? We're cheering for the team. We're cheering for the other team. We're like, oh my God, that was such a good play. Wow. It was raining and now it's not. How great is that? We're not soaking wet. Um, You know, like, wow, there's like 10 people on the field who play for their national team, like the highest level of soccer in the world. Like, how cool is that? You know? Mm. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is a choice. Mm, right. My God, this is now you're reading my mind. Yeah. This, this, we're at a soccer game, which is a privilege. We chose to buy tickets to this game, which is a privilege, right? Yeah. Like this is, this is not something that is bringing any stress whatsoever. Right. Sure. We're here, we're enjoying ourselves. And the way that we show up, the way that we experience that moment 
it's our choice how we show up and experience that moment, right? And that is the opportunity, whether it's you're going to something fun like a soccer game or you're sitting in your house with nothing to do and you're just washing the dishes or something like that and nothing bad is happening, right? You're just doing the thing. Those are the times where it is so important that we choose to show up from a place where we are enjoying ourselves and seeing the positive things and taking the extra deep breaths and focusing and practicing on being present. We've used this example all the time. You're washing the dishes. You're actually paying attention to what you are doing, right? Mm -hmm. In those moments where everything is fine or even everything is great, those are the times when we have to practice the way that we become aware of what's going on and the way that we respond to what's going on. So that way, when it's stressful and you're at your kid's soccer game and they're losing and you hate the coach and all this stuff, right? You can show up from a place that is not overly angry or Mm -hmm. something terrible happens, right? Of course, you are going to feel all of those emotions, but we have to get to a place of like, is this really you know, you oversleep or you don't sleep all night or something. It's like, is this really the end of the world? Mm. How can I choose to show up right now? And some things are going to be, it's going to feel like the end of the world. And that's not what we're talking about. That's like that burnout stage, right? But everything else, everything else that is not the end of the world, that is our opportunity to practice, right? That's our opportunity to put in these preventative measures and lean on the preventative measures that we've already used. But if we don't do that, if we don't give ourselves that opportunity, when things are good, when things are bad, it's going to be really bad. Oh my gosh. I'm like so inspired just hearing what you just said that last, you know, everything that you just said was so powerful because you are so, so, so right that we experience our lives through the mindset and the lens in which we choose to operate from. And, you know, I find this a lot of times when I'm with someone else who maybe isn't as, you know, glass half full, if you will, I notice it with people like that. And you noticed it at that soccer game where, you know, you are saying there, sitting there, like picking up on all these little wonderful little moments. And I notice that in my everyday life, I make every little thing so special for the most part, you know, because I don't know how else to make this life feel special and fulfilling without doing that. And that is just the cold, hard, kind of dark truth (laughs) is that I don't know how else to find joy in this life without choosing to act like all of these little moments of seeing the sunset and my, you know, receipt from the store being 1111 or seeing an angel number being the most exciting little thing because I have felt the contrast. So I have felt the contrast of not choosing that and choosing to focus on everything that's not those wonderful little moments. And I got to the darkest place in my entire life of questioning, you know, my life in general. And that's really big to say. That's a really vulnerable thing for me to share. And any of you who are in that space, especially God, like, again, we hold so much space for you and we encourage you to reach out for help and support because there are more people in that space than you would ever imagine. You know, you listen to our podcast and you're like, wow, they're so positive and wonderful. No, we weren't always. Okay. And I may go through another season like that. You just don't know. Our lives are filled with different seasons and different emotions and different experiences. And the part of this conversation we want you to take away is that When things are okay, make them fucking great. 
Okay. When there is no outside force coming in, when a child is not sick, when a health condition is not happening, when a, you know, financial struggle, you know, big, big things are not happening. Make those little moments so fucking amazing because those moments will come no matter what that is just life. So when they're not there, let's like ride out feeling like everything is in alignment. Um, and then when those moments do come, feel those emotions, feel the contrast, feel the sadness, feel the darkness, feel the anger, feel the loss and, you know, lean on support for those seasons, because that makes the human experience possible is feeling the contrast of the scale. And I always think about this. I have a really, um, kind of side note. I have a bigger F, like it's something that I really struggle with and I'm actively working through that. And something that has really helped me was actually, um, Bishop TD Jakes. I heard him speaking. Um, and I'm not like a huge, like Christian follower by any means, but he's, um, a pastor that I was listening to. And he said that what makes life special is death, right? So what makes your life feel special and precious is the fact that we're going to die one day. (laughs) I'm not taking us down like a deep, dark rabbit hole, but I'm just saying like, that contrast is what makes life special. If we were vampires, which would be really cool because my little twilight, you know, heart fangirl would love that, but we're not live forever. And if we did live forever, would we, if I was going to live forever, Maggie, I wouldn't make my cup of coffee so exciting. I wouldn't see angel numbers and light up the way that I do. I wouldn't hold, you know, my mom's hand, you know, to say goodbye to her the way that I do, if I knew I was going to be here always. And so let's get back on track now towards burnout and the point of this conversation. But those times are the times to really love on yourself because that was what will help us to prevent those overwhelming feelings in general. Now, for those of you who are already, you know, past that point and you're like, that's amazing. I'm going to try and, you know, get to that place more often than not. Let's also give you some tools and some really tangible ways to work with the stress that you're currently feeling, or if any of you are feeling burnout and also provide you with some resources because we are an amazing tool. Our podcast is an incredible tool to have in your you know, tool belt, but we're not the only one. There are also other incredible resources that have so much value to help you in those situations. So Maggie, what are some things when we're talking about stress in general, everyday stress, or, you know, moments that are just kind of like what you'd consider normal amounts of stress. What are some things or a thing that is kind of your go-to to help you with those feelings? Something I have been working on lately to help me with those feelings is actually letting them out. (laughs) Um, And so this usually looks like first talking to usually my husband about it. Usually Cosmos is the first person to receive all of these things. Welcome to marriage. This is what you sign up for, right? Um, But so usually I am first step talking to someone about it. Okay. If I can work through the way that I'm feeling by talking about it, that is great. Right. And sometimes I can't work through it just by talking about it. I can feel that talking about it is making me like even more worked up and something that we do in our house, which might sound a little bit weird. I don't know, but sometimes we'll just be like, okay, we're going to yell. 
like three, two, one, go. And we're just like going to yell. And like, we just like, let it I out. love that. And then, yeah. And like, sometimes you're just like, ah, you know, and like, oh the my dogs God. Look at us and they're like, what's going on. But sometimes we just do that. And it's not when we're, I mean, sometimes it's when we're mad at each other. We honestly don't argue with each other that much. Usually it's like something else that's happening. And we just like, okay, it's time to let it out. Like, just let it out. And usually I'll yell and cause will be like, is that all you have? Really? That's it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, or like you gotta, like this, I used to think that this sounded so silly, but now when I do it, it's like, no, you really have to hit the pillow. No, like really, like you really have to hit it. Like really, like oh put gosh. it on your bed and like give it a good karate chop. You know what I'm saying? Like you will be so surprised how moving your body and moving those feelings through, releasing them, putting it into the pillow, right? It releases it from your body. Like it, we like we said before, it's no coincidence. It's no shock that the mind and the body are connected, right? You're feeling overwhelmed and like you have anger and stress and all this stuff going on in your mind. Move it out through your body. Yeah. Move it out through your voice, move it out in some way. Like sometimes I need to cry and sometimes I need to yell. And sometimes I try one and that one doesn't work. And I do the other, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> no, that's why it's so important to have so many different tools. And that's the value of, you know, podcasts, our podcasts and other people's in general. And, you know, just resources in general is that you pick up little things that you add from people that you wouldn't expect. Maggie, I had no idea that you guys were just having little yelling fests in your house. Like that's freaking amazing. It works for you, you know, and there's just things that we really can use that are so simple and oftentimes free. Let me add. Okay. Most of the time they're free little things that we can just give to ourselves. Um, and so I love that you do that. One that I like to use for stress in particular is I still love a good brain dump. We used to talk about brain dumping all the time. We haven't talked about it in a minute. Um, but getting out a white piece of sketch paper or sketch paper in particular, something a little bit bigger than just a normal, like eight by 10 sheet of white paper. Um, but taking all the stuff that's in my head and throwing it on a piece of paper, no lists, no rhyme or reason, just writing down random freaking things, dumping my head onto a piece of paper. Okay. And I can choose to then, you know, after I dump it, Maggie and I have an episode on brain dumping. If you go back to the OG original episodes, go all the way back to like, I don't know, Maggie, what would it be like episode four, something really like far back. Um, we have an episode where we talk you all through how to do a brain dump. And if you want to like organize your thoughts afterwards, like go back and listen to that episode. But I still find that to be super valuable for myself because sometimes we just drown in it. We just drown mm-hmm. in the stress of, you know, the dog got loose and the mail is missing and I'm stressed financially. And what am I going to do about this? And how am I going to respond to this person? And this work email has been haunting me and I don't know what to do about it. Like, and all of that just becomes one big cluster of stress. And if that cluster of stress, that little ball doesn't get addressed or picked apart or worked through, that's when it starts rolling down the hill and turns into an avalanche that eventually becomes burnout. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's why these tools are so important. So I love a good brain dump. I also love leaning on people for support, talking through things with certain people, you know, calling certain friends for different reasons. We have different friends who help us with different things. Right. And so calling on those people for support, um, making an appointment with my therapist or making an appointment to see someone, you know, different, I don't know, whatever it may be, 
it's so important to do those things. And it's also so important if you go back to two episodes again, it's also so important for stress and overwhelm to make sure that we're having fun and we're playing and we're not just drowning in the stress, right? We're going and chewing pretzels underwater. If you listen back to that episode (laughs) or, you know, going on little artist dates, like Maggie is taking herself on recently. It's so important to schedule in time for fun and play as well. So I want to wrap up this episode, Maggie, unless you have something else to talk about as well, but with burnout in particular, if you are someone who has hit the breaking point, it's past the point of the ball. It's a full on avalanche. I want you to know that you need a higher level of support than what our podcast can offer you. Okay. And I say that very candidly. We want you to listen to our podcast. We love that you are here and with us. We are a podcast with incredible nuggets of value, and we are not going to be able to solve all of your problems. We are a piece of the puzzle to help you become aware of things to then take action. And if you are at the point of feeling burnout, our podcast is not enough. And you need to reach out for support from that could be, you know, licensed mental health professionals. That could be, you know, someone, if you are also feeling the physical symptoms, reaching out to doctors, naturopaths, um, you know, anyone who specializes in in these illnesses that can arise from the feelings of burnout and also familiarizing yourself with what burnout is, right? There's a lot of amazing um, people. Brene Brown is one of them. There are other people who talk about burnout in the space. I'm blanking on some other names, Um, but there are books and episodes specifically talking about burnout. And one of the things that I want to leave you with though, is that if you're feeling that, One thing that is not going to help you with burnout is adding more shame to it. Okay. So if you are already feeling like I am just tapped out on life, I need you to take a deep breath and release the shame from that experience. You need to release the guilt of feeling like you failed or like you weren't enough or like something you did was wrong. And that's why you're burnt out. It's okay. You are human. And if you are burnt out, you were probably had the weight of the world on your shoulders. Okay. And that doesn't mean that we just settle with that. And we, you know, go into more of a victim mentality where the world is happening to us, but it also means that we hold space for grace at the exact same time. So I want to leave you with that today. I am so proud of all of you listening because just clicking on this podcast episode means that you are learning to take better care of yourself and to combat some of these things that have quite frankly become normalized in our society. It's so normal to just talk about stress and just to get home and pour yourself a drink and be like, oh, you know, today was so stressful and da da da. Like it's so normal for some people and some families to come home, possibly pour yourself a drink. And just start complaining about life, okay? That's normalized in our society. And we have the power to change that because it's really not a fun space to exist within. So I'm so happy you all are here with us. We will see you next week with another episode. Please share this with a friend, especially a friend that you know could need something like this right now. It really can mean so much to someone because what it does is when you send them a podcast episode, like Maggie and I send podcast episodes to each other all the time it makes the other person feel seen. So if I'm going through a season and Maggie sends me something that, you know, may help me with what I'm going through, it makes me feel like she sees me as a friend and it means so much. So if you have a friend who, you know, is working on managing stress or is working on burnout, which who isn't, um, 
send this to them. Send this to the food to a few people. Send this to your family members. Um, it can really be a very special way to interact with another. So we'll see you next week in the episode. Thank you for listening to the entirety of this episode. If you found this episode valuable, please share it with a friend. Your support helps our show grow. And for that, we are extremely grateful. Come hang out with us over on Instagram at Becoming Intuitive Podcast, where we share behind the scenes, additional tools and strategies, and current events and offerings. We'll see you next Monday with another episode of Becoming Intuitive. Love, Meg and Maggie.